All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Talking baseball tonight, as usual. Uh, joining me, Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. Good to have you here, Shane. And uh, Kyle Stramer. Hey, how we doing? Uh, doing well. How are you doing? Doing really well. Uh, before we got on the air here... Kyle was talking about whether or not he should drop Chris Davinsky. Um, I think he stinks. Real simple. You should drop him. He will not be one of our trivia answers tonight. Going to try and make it a little easier for you guys. Instead of searching for one player, we're going to search for ten. In uh, two, two spots here. So, top ten hitters on the player Raider. To start the season on May 11th. Who are they? Top 10 hitters? Top 10 hitters. Any position. Jose Altuve. He's the top hitter on the player Raider. That's one point for Shane. You want to alternate here, Kyle, or what? Yep. Uh, Nolan Arenado. He's second. One point for Kyle. Bryce Harper. Harper is seventh. Another point for Shane. Manny Machado. Machado is third. Another point for Kyle. Robinson Cano. Cano's fourth. Got the top four. Good job, guys. Five straight to start. Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo's sixth. I feel like you guys have the list in front of you. <laughs> This is getting weird. I own three of these guys, so... Yeah, sweet. This is where it gets tough. I want to say that Nick Castellanos is in the top ten. He's not. He's got to be close. Um, Castellanos is 12th. Just missed. Trevor Story. Trevor Story is 8th. Good call. Another point for Kyle. Mark Trumbo? No, Trumbo is 15th. Hmm. Good guess. Three left. Six, nine, and ten. Ryan Braun is six. You definitely have the list in front of you. I was gonna say Braun. <laughs> um, how about Daniel Murphy? Ooh, I like that. Thirteenth. Wow. You're all around it. Can't make a birdie. <laughs> Nine and ten left. David Ortiz. He is eleventh. Oof. Just missed. You guys are doing a great job. It's a shame we didn't do top 15. You guys wouldn't have one wrong yet. <laughs> one guess each, and then we'll wrap this up on the hitters. Just because he's been real hot this week, I'm going to go Ben Zobrist? Uh, no, that's the first one outside the top 15. Zobrist is like 21. I don't know. Who we're missing? 
Last uh, guess. Do I get? Who'd you just say? He said Zobrist. He's twenty-one. Okay. Um, I'm gonna throw one out there just because my brother won't stop talking about him. Yoannis Cespedes. He's ninth. All right. Since you got that right, I'll give you guys. You can collaborate and guess one more name between the two of you. What are you thinking, Kyle? If you get this, you have the list in front of you. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Donaldson hasn't been that good, has he? He's He's got to be close, but I don't think he's 14th. Yeah, I don't got anybody else. That would have been my guess. All right. Rugnet Odor. He's 10th. Really? 309, 338 OBP, 551 slug, 10 doubles, 7 homers, 4 stolen bases, 21 RBI, and uh, 25 runs scored. He has 7 home runs. Yeah, he's, he's been red hot as of late. Um, but nice job there. You guys did a, uh, did a pretty good job with that list. Um, same question, but for... Pitchers. Clayton Kershaw. He's third. Jake Arrieta. He is second. Chris Sale. He's first. Got the top three. Johnny Cueto. Uh, no. Not in the top 20. Hmm. This one's a little tougher. Um, Jose Quintana? He's fourth. Oh. Riveting silence on the podcast here. Drew Smiley? Uh, no. Outside the top 20 also. Got hit around a little bit last night. Um, Noah uh, Syndergaard? Uh, Strasburg. Strasburg is fifth. Syndergaard is not on the list. Gets a little harder from here, so I'll help you guys out. Um, sixth is Erasmo Ramirez. He's got six wins <laughs> in a relief role for... Tampa, um, he's been pitching really well out of the pen. Jordan Zimmerman is seventh. He's got five wins. Um, low ERA, low whip for him. John Lester is eighth. Steve Ciszek is ninth. We'll talk about him a little later on tonight. And then Rick Porcello is tenth. Yeah, I had Porcello and Lester were on my mind. I couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, bottom bottom half of that top ten is definitely a little harder, but you guys did so well on the hitters. I had to make it a little harder on the pitchers. So, um, I mean, over... I was going to say Sishek, but uh, didn't want to embarrass Shane. Yeah. <laughs> He's got 11 saves. Un- unreal. Uh, .98 ERA, .82 whip. He's been about as good as we all thought he'd be. Um, very, very <laughs> good pitcher, Steve Sishek. All right, going to have some have some fun tonight. Um, we're going to debate 
rest of the season, who you guys got. Um, going to go through each position. And, you know, sometimes we're going to compare two stars. And I'm just going to try and see who your guys' preference is. Um, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of good players tonight. So, uh, first, start out with the top three catchers on the player Raider. Wellington Castillo, Brian McCann, and Jonathan Lucroy. Who you guys got rest of the season? I'll start off here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Brian McCann. Um, just like the stadium that he plays in the most, I guess. Um, seems to be a really good fit in Yankee Stadium for Brian McCann. Still has uh, some pop in the bat and real threat to, to definitely put up 20, 25 home runs, maybe even more. So uh, I just like uh, like the whole situation, even if the Yankees aren't aren't as as good as we we thought they might be. Um, just a good situation for McCann. I, I think he's. Has a better rest of the way. Couldn't have said any better myself, Brian McCann. Um, sorry to the viewers if you're looking for an argument here. Um, but I think for all the reasons Shane just mentioned, I think Brian McCann is, is the one I would take over the others. Kyle, I don't think we have any viewers. Um, I think we just have listeners. But yeah, um, it's a good, I'm, I'm it's a good thing they can't see us. <laughs> yeah, that we may lose listeners then if they could see us. Um, I'll take Wellington Castillo here. You know, you guys talked about Brian McCann's pop. I think Castillo has just as much, if not more, and I think less uh, age and injury concerns for him. And there's no real threat to playing time for him in that Arizona um, lineup. So I'll take Castillo. I think what he's doing so far is uh, the real deal. So like McCann as a close second behind Castillo. Um, but I'll, I'll take Castillo. I think what he's doing now is legit. First base, uh, Mark Trumbo versus Eric Hosmer versus Adrian Gonzalez. Who you guys got rest of the way? This is a tough one for me. Uh, really hard to, to buy in on Trumbo, but I mean, he's been outstanding. Um, obviously things are working out really well there in Baltimore for him. I'm going to go Eric Hosmer. Um, wasn't high on the guy the past couple of years, but I, I think I'm finally ready to ready to concede that he's he's better than I think, and just really love the lineup that he plays in. I, I think Trumbo comes back down to earth eventually, and obviously Gonzalez is a nice option, but I, I think I'm going to go Hosmer. I need to start going first here because I'm going to have to agree with Shane again. Uh, I think I spoke in the last podcast. I don't. I'm not a huge Trumbo guy. Uh, we talked a lot about him coming back to Earth, and um, you know, Hosmer's 26. He's you know continually getting better. Um, hits in a great lineup, so I, I got to go with him. I, I see Adrian Gonzalez on the decline here a little bit, and uh, you know he's still going to get a decent average for you, but. Um, I don't see that pop being there. Um, I guess I'm going to go Adrian Gonzalez here. I was the highest of the three of us on Trumbo coming into the season, but I don't think the batting average is going to stick. I don't think he's going to hit over 300 um, for the season. So I think that comes back down to earth. And I just like the steadiness of Adrian Gonzalez. Um, Hosmer's been great to start the season, um, much better than I was – Noticing at least when I started looking at him a little closer, but I like Gonzalez. Um, you just know what you're going to get from him. 
So I think when it comes to, I think he'll end up having a little more power than Hosmer rest of the way. So that's that's the difference for me between the two of them. Yeah, I was going to add that in. I mean, you really can't go wrong having Adrian Gonzalez, s- such a steady performer. But, I mean, just like Kyle said, I, I kind of am worried about him. I mean, he's been very steady, yes, but I've, I've watched a lot of Dodgers games this year, and it just seems like he's a little little slower than, than usual. Something Something's a little bit off, but I don't think it's going to affect his performance too much. The thing I think about Gonzalez is he's obviously much better when the guys in front of him are getting on base, and we've seen the Dodgers' offense a little slow out the gate. So I think um, as Seager gets in, more into the season, I think he'll get on base in front of him, and hopefully they can do something about leading off Chase Utley. I don't think that's what they want to do the rest of the season, but I think that will turn around for Adrian Gonzalez. Um, I think I know where you guys are going to go with this next one. Robinson Cano versus all other second basemen not named Jose Altuve. I think you guys are going to probably say Cano is the clear second best second baseman in the league. I honestly might even be willing to go Cano over the field, to be honest with you. Um, not a whole lot of people that love Robinson Cano more than me. and It's hard for me to say considering Jose Altuve has been incredible. I'm the Altuve owner here. Um, I just love what Cano does, man. He, that guy can just hit. Uh, he rakes when he's on. He He's just a top player in the league, and he's certainly on to start the year this year. Uh, when he's healthy, he, he's just incredible, and he seems to be clicking on all cylinders right now. So I'll go Cano. I'm going to surprise everyone here. After hearing the stats that Rubenick Odor is putting up, give me Odor. Um, he's a guy that... I really, really liked, uh, you know, a few years ago, um, wanted to draft him in our minor league draft and won't get into it. He got drafted by someone else. I traded for him and then traded him away. And he's a guy that I just really liked from the beginning. Uh, I think he has that pop in his bat and he's a good speed threat. So I'm going to take him rest of the season. I'll take Cano um, behind Altuve. But definitely over Odor because I think Cano is the one legitimate 30 homer threat from the second base position. So I think that's the difference maker for Robbie Cano over all these other guys. Odor's having a nice season. Love Odor. I think he's probably third right now. Um, I think he's he's leapfrogged guys like Dozier. Um, maybe even like he's obviously leapfrogged a Rendon, um, a Kinsler, guys like that. Um, I think he's third. But I think Robbie Cano, um, just because of power, will end up being higher on the player rate the rest of the season um, than Odor. This one I think is also interesting. Chris Bryant versus Todd Frazier. Uh, the power for Bryant hasn't been there as much as we, um, I guess, had thought. I think he only has six homers right now. Frazier's up to around nine or ten, if not more than that. Um so I just thought this was interesting to compare these two players because everyone loves to get excited about Chris Bryant, especially the fact that he's hitting um, in that Cubs lineup. But on the uh, south side of town for the White Sox, Frazier's you know doing just what he does. Well, I guess that you, obviously we we posed this question earlier today. Frazier took a pretty vicious fall uh, into the stands today. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, cut open his face a little bit. Really. Um, some stitches in his tongue, I believe. 
cut open his tongue. We'll see how long that, that affects him, how long he's out. I don't know if he's going to have to make a DL trip or not. But I think I was going to go Bryant either way here. Um, obviously, I'm a big Bryant fan in the group, and i got to stick to it. Obviously, I don't think he's going to put up the numbers that I had expected in the beginning of the year, but uh, I still like Bryant the rest of the way. Everything that he can do, especially being in that lineup. Yeah, I guess the one thing that concerns me a little bit um, with Frazier is that average that he's putting up right now. Um, he's only batting 218 I have here in front of me. And so that's less than exciting. Um, I think I think I got to lean towards Bryant slightly. Um, if he's getting on base the way he is right now, that power is going to come. Yeah, I think you said it. Took the words right out of my mouth, Kyle. Um, I think Bryant will get going. And we've seen Frazier typically cool off in the second half. So, rest of the season, I think you got to go with Chris Bryant. I think he's just like a ticking time bomb waiting to just put on a ridiculous stretch here. I feel like Rizzo's kind of been stealing some of his thunder so far this year, to be honest. Um, Rizzo's been kind of just cleaning up everything and feel like t- maybe taking some opportunities away from him maybe i mean obviously not a bad thing for the cubbies the, the start that rizzo's off to but maybe rizzo cools down and, and that's when bryant kicks kicks it into gear and, and starts getting even more opportunities to, to produce yeah you definitely have a point there rizzo's been outstanding um so far on may 11th shortstop i think this one's interesting because the names are Trevor Story versus Xander Bogarts versus Francisco Lindor. Um, Lindor and Bogarts, similar players. High average, not a ton of power. They hit in key spots in their lineup. Going to score runs, going to um, drive in some runs, but the power's not going to be there. And with Story, that's really all you're getting is power. So I think these three, it's an interesting comparison. Well, I've been the one out on the on the limb saying Story's not going to be as good as he's shown, but he, he's still playing at a pretty high level. I think I'm going to take Francisco Lindor the rest of the way. Probably a little shock, shocker for, for you two. I'm kind of buying into what Lindor's doing. Um, obviously, you touched on it. You're not going to get a whole lot of pop, but I see him being a, a 10-25 guy, home run, stolen base, and hitting over 300. I, I think it's going to be a little better than and what the other two are going to get you. Um, this one was tough for me. Uh, but I have to take Trevor's story. I'm buying into the hype. Um, he's hitting homers at home. He's hitting homers away. He, he has legitimate pop. And uh, he's going to score runs. He's going to get RBIs. So I think that puts him just slightly above Lindor, who I had second um, with that stolen base potential. That'll, you know... Outweigh obviously stories running. All right, so I'm going to take Bogarts. Uh, so that'll be three different ones here. Case for Bogarts for me is he is the three hitter in what I think is the best offense in baseball right now, at least. Um, the Red Sox, they're just hitting everything, and I still think there's some power left to get out of Bogarts. Um, still a young hitter, I think he's still. Um, maybe making some adjustments, and I think there there's definitely more power that we haven't seen from him. So, I think Story cools off a little, 
And I think the extra base potential from Bogarts vaults him ahead of Lindor. But I think that this that's super close to the three of them. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, kind of take your pick. What do you like? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I like Bogarts a lot, and I love the guys hitting around him in that Boston offense. So that's the, that's the difference maker for me. Speaking of Boston, first outfield comparison, Charling Marte versus Mookie Betts. Betts was a uh, kind of consensus late first, early second round pick on draft day. Marte, um, for everything he does, he is forgotten, it seems. Um, he was probably going late second, early third round in most drafts. But at the end of the year, these guys are probably going to have similar stat lines. So who do you guys got? Oh, pretty pretty <clears throat> good question here. I mean, I'm the Marte owner. You're the Betts owner. Um I think we'd both be happy with having either one in that spot on our roster. Pretty two even players here. Um, kind of just take your pick for me. Um, I think it's going to be Mookie Betts. Slightly better the rest of the way. Um, I, I don't think it's by any means a, a large gap, though. Uh, I think these are two really top top players. Going to be both going to have nice seasons the rest of the way. I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, I think I think you hit it when you said it's take your pick. Um, I, I think Betts has been a little disappointing, at least in some areas, from last year. That I think he's gonna, you know, heat up a little bit, and, and Marte's probably been overachieving a little bit in different areas. So, um, you know, baseball people tend to just average out to who they are and. Um, I could see Marte slowing down and Betts speeding up. So if we're going the rest of the season, I'm going Betts. Are you saying this just because you want me to trade you Starling Marte, Kyle? No, it's because I think Moody Betts is going to have a better end of the year. <laughs> okay. I guess I'll take Betts too, just because I'm a huge Mookie Betts fan. Um, Marte, I think, will swipe more bags than Betts. But I think overall you're going to get... I mean, Betts is a candidate to score 120, 130 runs, potentially. I think he's on pace for, like, 115 right now, which is... 127 right now. Okay. So, that's outstanding. You're going to get probably between 15 and 20 homers from him and probably 20 steals. Um, and I think you're going to get a high average. I think that'll that'll pick up for him. He's a guy that... You know, last year, I was super frustrated with him at about this point in the season. And then he just went off for, like, four straight months and was one of the best outfielders in the game. So, um, once Betts gets locked in, I don't know if there's many that are better than him in the outfield. Yeah, this one's interesting because you expect to get a pretty high average from a guy like Mookie Betts. And you haven't really gotten that yet. But he's done everything else well. So... I think he's going to continue to do those things well, but I think we all expect the average to come up. Um, so I think that's why we're all kind of leaning towards him the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, I don't think we by any means think that either of them are going to perform poorly down down the, the remainder of the season, but just the fact that Betts got off to a slow start average-wise, you got to figure that that's going to, going to even out a little bit and he turns into more of a, a 280, 290 hitter by the end of the year. I, I agree. I think that's the one thing about Betts. I almost feel like he's underachieved so far, as Kyle said. And for him to be as high as he is on the player radar and not feeling like you're getting everything from him that you could, uh, there's a lot to be excited about with him. 
Next one I think is interesting too because I think both these guys are just really good hitters. Um, but it's Steven Piscotty versus Christian Yelich. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think about these two players. Yeah, two just really solid, solid baseball hitters. Huh? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of all you can really say about them. Um, I don't know that I'm, I'm in love with either guy as far as having them on my fantasy team. I, I think they're certainly both should be owned on, on fantasy teams. Um, they're, they're nice players, but for the sake of the argument, I don't really buy into what the Marlins do a whole lot, so I'm going to go see him, Piscotty. Uh, <laughs> More of a more of a Cardinals guy than a, than anything the Marlins offer me, so I'll go Piscotty over Yelich. Um, yeah, I think I think this is definitely a close one. It's difficult, um, but I'm going Yelich. Um, I mean, he has a, he has a four fifty OBP right now. Which is pretty ridiculous. Um, walking more than he's striking out. I always go back to that. And um, yeah, I, I I believe in Christian Yelich. He's a guy that I like as a prospect, and it looks like he's putting it together. As you know, a kid that is twenty four years old is going to do. I like Yelich too. I'm going to take him here. I'm going to go with you, Kyle. I think Yelich will. I don't know what his stolen base total is right now. I think he'll run more than Piscotty. Piscotty doesn't run a ton. The Cardinals don't run a ton as a team. And I just think with the D. Gordon suspension, too, they're going to really need more out of Yelich, and he's going to have a, an even more prominent role in that offense. And I don't mind I don't mind the Marlins' offense much. Um, and this guy just hits everything hard. If you look at the hard contact leaders... I'd be willing to bet he's among the top um, top of that list. So, still, like Bogarts, I think there's more power to come out of Yelich. And the one thing I'll say about Piscotty, as good as he's been and as professional of a hitter as he um, looks like right now, he still hasn't even had, I think, a full half season in the majors. So, um, I think there's definitely some adjustments that are going to be coming for him as pitchers start to see more of him. So... I think if I had to project it for the career, I may take Piscotty over Yelich. But I think I like Yelich better this season. Yeah, Yelich is a guy that we've kind of been waiting on to come on for a few years now. Um, and maybe it was just because he was too young. And now he's finally figured it out. Um, not that he's performed poorly in his, in his first few years for a young guy. We just haven't gotten the, the huge fantasy output that I think we, we kind of expected when he was coming up. Um, and maybe maybe he's starting to finally turn a corner, and hopefully this is the year that he, that he puts it all together. Certainly off to a good start. All right, next one. These three outfitters, I think, are also similar in the Piscotti and Yelich conversations, but Gerardo Parra versus Gregory Polanco versus Hunter Pence. Parra has the course field factor, and he's a guy that's been not even really a regular outfielder on most of the teams that he's played on, but he's getting a regular role in Colorado, and he is producing. He's running, um, scoring runs, driving in runs, and he's adding a little bit of pop, too. And he's playing every day. Um, Polanco, a guy who has disappointed almost like almost like Yelich has to start his career, but he's off to a crazy hot start um, in what is an underrated Pittsburgh offense. And then Hunter Pence is the guy that everybody just forgets about, but he's another guy 
does everything weird, but he does everything well. Um, so I think these three guys are interesting to lump together. Well, if it's a dynasty format, clearly we're going to go Polanco here. Um, he's the guy with the, I think, the most future upside. But just rest of this season, uh, I think we're going to go Hunter Pence. Um, seem, you're, you're pretty right there. Everyone seems to forget about this guy, but he does a little bit of everything. Um, get you some power, get you some speed, score runs, drive in runs, does a little bit of, little bit of everything. And I think I like the Giants uh, the rest of the way. Um, I think they're they're going to turn a corner and they're going to they're going to play pretty well as, as the the weather starts to turn around here and get warmer. I think the Giants are going to get warm too. So uh, I'll take Pence. Yeah, first I was feeling weird. I was feeling like it was going to be Hunter Pence, um, but weird scares me. Weird gets hurt, and um, I don't I don't like predicting injuries, but. I don't know, Pence always seems to have something that nags him, and I really like what Polanco's doing. Um, he's showing a little more pop than expected, and obviously I think he runs a little better than Pence. Um, Pence will end up hitting more homers, I would believe so, but um, I'm going to go Polanco. All right, well, I'm going to take Para. <laughs> I've been the high guy on Para, too. I definitely just I think buy into the course field factor and the fact that he's getting an everyday opportunity in a very good lineup, um, hitting behind some really good hitters with the ability to drive in more runs than we probably expected from him. And the fact that he's running so much um, has been a little added bonus for him. So I'm expecting 280, 15 homers, maybe 25 stolen bases, and maybe you know 80 runs in RBIs each. So... I definitely like Parra the rest of the season, I think, over these those two guys. Yeah, Parra's a guy that we obviously have a lot of stock in. Um, you're the owner in our one league, and we own him in both of our leagues uh, that we're in together. Um, is this something that's going to be sustained the rest of the year, I guess was my question for you, or is he a guy that maybe we shop around just off to, such a, off to a great start this year, um, obviously playing well? Do you think that the value for Parra is – is enough to be able to get something in return for him. I don't because I don't think the name value carries enough weight for him. I think he's a guy, if you have him, you just hold on to him because his defense allows him to be in the lineup every day. And if he's in the lineup every day in Colorado, hitting fifth or sixth in that lineup um, behind guys like Cargo, Nolan Arenado, and whoever's playing first base that day for the Rockies, um, you know, story to is hitting in front of him. I just think there's a ton of opportunity for him to do some real damage. Um, and I just think that if you tried to sell Para right now, you wouldn't get nearly what he's going to provide to you in terms of value. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page there. He's just a guy you, you have to stick, I, I think. I mean, as well as he's playing, you're just not going to be able to get the return that, that you would be looking for. Uh, you just got to ride him out. Yep. Yeah, I'm hanging on to par if I have him. I think a uh, very serviceable player that doesn't carry that name value, like you said, so um, not worth shopping. Um, okay, one of Parra's cohorts in the outfield, Carlos Gonzalez, the guy I want to pair him with is Michael Conforto. Um, this, is, I think, is interesting because Cargo's off to a slow start. Conforto's off to a, a better start. 
but I think we all expect Cargo to be better the rest of the season. But one thing I will say about Conforto is he has really surprised me. He's a much better hitter at a young age than I thought he would be. He hasn't disappointed us yet like Yelich and Polanco did at this stage of their career. And he's hitting third in what is a much better Mets offense than we all thought. Um, so I like Conforto a lot, and I think this makes it closer than we're probably willing to uh, take at face value. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, I think that I'm going to take Cargo. Um, I'm not sold on it, but I, I think that's the direction I'm going to go. And just as I say that, Noah Syndergaard has hit another home run. <laughs> um, a three-run shot off Kent Maeda. Wow. Um, so Thor doing some damage with his arm and with his bat tonight. Um Pretty interesting stuff. But, yeah, back to the question. I think I'll take Cargo. Um, he's shown just last year that he can get crazy hot. And he was a guy that we, we looked up last year. and like We looked down for a month and we look up later and he has 40 home runs. Um, what happened? So he's shown that ability to get really hot. And I, I think I'll, I'll stick with him and, and ride it out. Yeah, I mean, when Cargo is healthy, he's one of the best bats in the league. Um, and that's just, that's been his career. You know, when he's healthy, he's great. And when he's not, obviously, he's just not on the field. Um, so, yeah, I think Cog make a good point. Conforto has been exciting to see, um, you know, the ability to hit so quickly. Um, but I do have to give the edge to Cargo. As long as Cargo is going to be on the field, I think, He'll be the, the better producer, and um, he has the ballpark to do it in. I'll take Cargo, too, but um, solely because of the course field factor. I'm going to say that if Cargo ends up being traded at some point this year, which is, I think, a real possibility, that I, I'll switch this to Conforto. But um, I think I like cargo rest of the year just because of the park factor mainly all right let's move over to the uh the pitching side of fantasy baseball right now the top two players um pitchers on the player radar are chris sale and jake arietta both have been outstanding to start the season who do you guys have the rest of the way i'll go chris sale um I'm still maybe one of the only people not fully sold on Jake Arrieta. Um, obviously, he's proven me wrong so far, but I think it's Chris Sale. I think he's going to win the AL Cy Young, and I think he's the second-best pitcher in baseball. Chris Sale was my pick for the AL Cy Young, along with Shane, and I got to stick with my guns. He's pitching great. How can I go away from him? Um not that Arietta isn't, obviously, but um, you know, he's a guy that I thought was going to do really well coming in this year. He's been doing it. Concerns with Arietta, just that workload he put on last year, how quickly he's added innings. But he's a tank, so <laughs> I don't know if he slows down. He's just so strong. He is chiseled. <laughs> maybe he doesn't. So um, I think it's going to be close, but I'll take sale. I'm torn on this one. Um, 
I want to say that there's some regression out there for sale. But if I say that, I don't know how I can say there's not regression out there for Arietta too. So I think I'm going to take Arietta and I think I'm going to do that because I think he's going to win more ball games. Um, I think that obviously we all know how good the Cubs are and I think that helps Arietta out. And I'm still wondering if we're waiting for Chris Sale's arm to blow out at some point. Uh, got that funky delivery. Um, just looks like it hurts when he throws, but he's nasty. So I have this as like a, a 1A, 1B thing, or I should say 2A, 2B behind Kershaw, obviously. But I'll take Arietta just to be different um, also from you guys. Next one, Steven Strasburg versus Corey Kluber versus Madison Bumgarner. Kluber and Bumgarner, um, they have been ranked higher uh, than Strasburg to start the year. Strasburg has been better so far, though, um, through almost two months of the season. The one thing I want to say about Corey Kluber, uh, yesterday in the CBS podcast league that I'm in, uh, with the guys from CBS, we had a 70 email chain over Corey Kluber because I started it by asking everyone, when are we going to stop giving Corey Kluber the ace pass? And I'm so sick of people like comparing him as a top five starting pitcher. And basically, the CBS guys all put us to shame um, just going through Kluber's peripherals and talking about how well he really does. But it, it was a fun conversation. Um but I think I'm going to take Strasburg in this one. I picked him as the NL Cy Young, and I've been waiting for this breakout for a long time. But I'll take Strasburg here. Yeah, for me, Kluber's not really in this conversation. Uh, I'm on your side. Um, I don't find Kluber to be near, as good as these guys. I've um, never been a big fan. Um, maybe he's just not as good of a pitcher as the peripheral show, in this case, for whatever reason. Um, he's still very good, but I, I don't think he's this, this level. Um, so for me, it comes down to Strasburg versus Madbum, and <sighs> I think I'm going to go Strasburg with you. Um, seems like he's putting it all together. Um, just signs the huge deal the other day, and I, I think that he's going to have a really strong year. I think he contends for 20 wins, and he's going to put up a really strong season. So I'll go Strasburg slightly over Madbum. Um... Anytime I'm looking at starting pitching and it's close, um, I tend to take the NL guy over the AL guy and for obvious reasons, getting to see a pitcher when they throw. Um, Noah Syndergaard would not agree with me at this point um, <laughs> with that factor, the way he's hitting the ball tonight. Kenta Maeda um, has a bomb too. Take here, yeah, the guy I'm actually going to take here, Madison Bumgarner, would probably disagree as well. <laughs> um, so... I'm uh, I'm going with Bumgarner slightly over Strasburg. Um, I just think he's he's the kind of guy that turns it on towards the end. He's a horse, um, and you know if we're not talking fantasy, he's going to hit a couple bombs too. So he's going to help out his team that way. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with Bumgarner. The one thing that I guess I should defend Corey Kluber a little bit. He had he was like nine and sixteen last year, um, with like a three five ERA, and I think he was top five in starting pitchers in fantasy baseball. You know he's a, he's a definite bet for over two hundred innings. 
And with that comes probably 250 strikeouts, and that that's a big deal. But he just seems to give up the big inning more so than other pitchers of the ace caliber. And that was my argument. It's not that Corey Kluber's not good. My argument was when it comes to guys like Kershaw, Sale, Arietta, um, Price, Harvey, Bumgarner, and I have Strasburg ahead, I think those guys are all clearly ahead of him. Um, I think he's probably just outside the top ten rather than inside the top five. And he's constantly treated as an inside the top five pitcher despite the actual results. Um, you know, you can talk about people's FIP and XFIP and WHIP and all that stuff, but at some point you gotta you gotta actually put it in a scorebook and you gotta actually you gotta do it night in and night out. So and I, I didn't mention Scherzer again. I always forget about Scherzer. I'd have him ahead of Kluber too. Hard not to mention Scherzer with his twenty strikeout performance tonight. So between that and Syndergaard with two homers, we've seen two really interesting pitcher performances from the NL East uh, tonight. Next one is Steven Matz versus Carlos Martinez. thought this one was interesting because everyone loves to get excited about the electric stuff of Carlos Martinez, and Matz seems to be forgotten because he is the fourth pitcher in the Mets rotation, but and he doesn't dazzle. He's just really good. Um, so where do you guys stand on these two pitchers? Pretty close one here. Uh, I think I'm going to give the nod to Carlos Martinez, though. Um, I just like his stuff. I, I think he's got some of the best stuff I, I've ever seen. And I think that th that puts him over the top here for me. This one's really close, though. Um, definitely like what Matt's is doing. Um, just think Martinez is a little better. Yeah, I think this is potentially the closest one on this list. Um, two guys that you maybe you just don't know who's going to throw more innings. I think it might come down to that. I could see Matt's getting put on an inning count um, with the shoulder issues that Martinez has had. You wonder, you know, how long is he going to last this year from that conversion again from reliever to starter? Um you know, I picked Matts as my NL Rookie of the Year. Um, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Martinez. I think I think he's gonna see more innings at the end of the year total. Um, so it's gotta be him. I'm gonna take Matts here. Um, you know, I've seen Carlos Martinez throw a lot as a Cardinals fan, and I'm just concerned that he's gonna break he, he's he got that funky delivery the Cardinals have tweaked it a little bit um, and ever since they tweaked it last year he's left a couple starts early missed a couple starts you know he gets put on the DL right before the playoffs last season he missed you know the whole postseason which definitely hurt the Cardinals um, I just think Matt's is a cleaner delivery and I trust the the Mets pitching coach he's been electric other than that first start against the Marlins so far this year, so I'm going to take Matt's. This one, like you said, Kyle, is super close, but you talked about um, maybe taking the NL pitcher over the AL pitcher when comparing the two. I think another thing that I like to do is when I think it's really close as these two are, sometimes I'll take the left-hander over the right-hander. Um, 
just gives everyone a different look, and lefties seem to be hit uh, a little less than righties. But um, I love Carlos Martinez. I think he's the best pitcher in the Cardinals rotation right now. Um, I just have I have some concerns about him. Just like I had concerns about the next guy, we're going to talk about Jose Fernandez and Cole Hamels. The reason I lumped these two together, Jose Fernandez, on a per-inning basis, I don't think you're going to find a better pitcher um, as far as what he can give you in a 5-6 inning start. Um, and I said in terms of strikeouts and just you know nasty stuff, other than probably Kershaw, obviously. Um and Hamels, he doesn't have that that nasty, you know, mantra where his stuff is so good. But he's just reliable. Again, goes out there, throws seven innings every night, low ERA, low WHIP, decent strikeout totals. His numbers will definitely be better than Fernandez's at the end of the year, um, I think. But I guess that's why I'm going to take Hamels here in this one, as good as I think Jose Fernandez really is. <clears throat> yeah, this one's kind of what do you what do you look for in a starting pitcher? Do you want that guy that's gonna more than likely get you seven um, productive, strong innings, um, or the guy that's gonna be electric for five, um, possibly six? Sometimes he's gonna go a little deeper, but because obviously Fernandez is, is gonna strike some strike more batters out. Uh, his stuff's a lot better than Hamels. Obviously, I'm the Fernandez owner. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick <clears throat> with Fernandez just of what he can do. The, I think the top outings that he has are going to outweigh the bad outings that he has. Um, and the strikeouts are, are the big difference for me. Um, I definitely like Cole Hamels too, but I, I'll take Jose Fernandez. Yeah, I would say um, being, being that the main league that I'm in is a dynasty format, um, Jose Fernandez's value is just a lot more exciting <clears throat> When I see the two names put together, I was almost offended that they were put together. Um, but when I take a look at the fact that we're just talking rest of the season, um, I got to go Cole Hamels. I think Cole Hamels um, is just going to be more consistent. Like you said, Kazi's going to go deeper in the innings, in the games. Um, and his strikeout rate really isn't that bad. So... Um, I see Hamels being better than Fernandez the rest of the year. Um, not to say Fernandez doesn't eventually figure it out and be a better pitcher than Hamels is. I've actually, I want to say, because I was the lowest of the three of us on Jose, um, I've been encouraged watching him pitch. I know it hasn't been outstanding, but I think he's starting to figure it out. Obviously, I had a nice start um, two nights ago, I think, against the Brewers who are not one of the better hitting ball clubs in the league. But um, I think he's starting to get there, and I just hope he gets there and is there long enough before the Marlins call it quits on his season um, because I do think he is on an innings limit. And the Rangers, I just think they're going to let Hamels go out there and throw, and as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be great. So I do want to say that in defense of Fernandez because I was down on him that I've been impressed so far this year. It's hard not to be impressed when you watch him. It's just, obviously, I watch him probably a little closer than you guys because he's on my team. You kind of are just waiting for when he's going to figure out to be more of a pitcher than, than just a guy that's going to throw electric stuff up there. Um, and when he's going to figure out, part of being a, an ace in this league is 
being able to get into the seventh and eighth inning, um, not just the fifth and sixth inning. Um, yeah, throwing five innings, um, giving up one run, and striking out ten guys is great. But there's nothing wrong with throwing seven, striking out five, and, and getting through those extra couple innings and taking a taking a little easier on your bullpen. Um, you're gonna get more wins. <laughs> um, the bullpen doesn't have to throw three or four innings every time to, to lock down a win for you. So he need, I think he needs to figure that out. Hey, if, if I can go seven innings and strike out a couple less guys, uh, I'm going to be a little better off than, than going five or six and, and striking out everyone that I, that I can. Yeah, and it's not only going to protect um, maybe his win total, like you said, it's going to protect his arm because you watch him throw, and he's max effort most of the time. I think if he could get a little smoother, as I mean, you talk about a smooth delivery, there's probably not a smoother one than Cole Hamels. It just looks like the ball comes out of his hand so easy. Um, and Jose, it looks like he's just reaching back and trying to throw it through his catcher every single time. Um, and I think that could go a long way for his arm, too, if he just, like you said, learned how to pitch a little bit more. But he's still so young. Um, he has a bright future if he, if he can stay healthy, so... Definitely, like you said, Kyle, excited about Fernandez more in a dynasty format, but rest of 2016, I think it's got to be Hamels. Uh, next comparison I want to do, Steve Ciszek versus Gianmar Gomez. Um, we've talked about stars or top-end talent most of the podcast, and these two guys are not people that we consider stars or top-end talent. Um but I think they're the top two relief pitchers on the player radar right now, and they're getting a lot of saves on on some teams with, um, you know, the Phillies, we don't think they're a good team. The Mariners are maybe better than we thought. Um, but they're just going out and getting the job done. So who do you guys like better, Ciszek versus Gomez, and do you think both of them keep their job as the rest of the season? Man, this one, this one hurts for me to say. But I'm going to go with Steve Ciszek. Just because I think the Mariners are going to be better the rest of the way than the Phillies are going to be. So I think there's going to be more opportunity for Ciszek. I do think he keeps the job. Here's the thing. When he's when he's on, he's actually a pretty good pitcher. Um, when he's bad, he can be really bad. So it seems like he's he's got it figured out in the early going here anyway. So... When he, when he hasn't figured out, he's a pretty solid contributor. So I think I'm going to give a slight edge to Ciszek. I need to see a little more from Gomez. Um, seems like the whole Phillies pitching staff has been really hot. Um, I, th- I think that they're going to cool down a little bit as the year goes on. And overall talent is going to maybe catch up with them a little bit. So I'll give the edge to Ciszek. Um, I'm also going Ciszek. Um for the reason that I think there's someone in Gomez's bullpen that's a lot better than him. And uh, I think we'll be talking about that guy a little later in Hector Neris. Um, he's just shown stuff that has been impressive. Um, I don't need to talk about him much now because we're going to get to it. But um, I don't see Gomez keeping his job. Ciszek, I think, could. Um, so if I had to pick between the two, I'm going Ciszek. I'll take Ciszek, too, for all the reasons you guys said. And I don't really care about either of these guys the rest of the season. So um, I think Ciszek actually probably will have a decent year. But 
you had to be in in the beginning to get a hold of him. You're not going to be able to get him now at this point. So, um, Next one, Wade Davis versus Hector Rondon. Rondon's been really good. Davis has been too. Um, but I think Rondon might pitch on the better team, and that's why I put these two together. Um, hasn't had a ton of save opportunities because of the fact that the Cubs are just out hitting everybody. Um, but I'm interested to see what you guys think about these two. Well, I guess you have them paired together from what we expect. These are probably the two best teams we expect. Um, probably, yeah. Probably. Um, so the, the two closers on what we expect to be the top teams in the league. So you would expect there to be a lot of opportunity for both. I mean, it hasn't really played out that way so far. Um, I just think Wade Davis is a little better. Um, seen that guy pitch a lot. Um, velocity might be a little down for Davis. I don't know the stats behind that offhand, but it looks just watching him looks like it might be a tick or two it slower is. this year. Yeah, it is. Um, but I still think Davis, just the way he locates and the way he can pitch, I think he's just a little better than Rondon. So I'll, I'll take uh, Davis slightly over Rondon the rest of the way. Um, I'm going to take Davis as well. ball games I think than the Cubs do um, so more save opportunities obviously for that reason um, and I just think he's a better pitcher than Rondon, Rondon sorry. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take Davis I'll probably take Davis too um, just because I think he's less prone to that really bad blow up I think Rondon will be fine the rest of the season um, but you are going to get a couple really bad blown saves from him, I think, at some point this year. Davis just seems to be the most consistent relief pitcher in the game right now as far as what he gives you night in and night out. So I'll take Davis. Um, but I'm expecting Rondon to probably finish second or third behind him in uh, the closer player rater by the end of the season. And last one's for you, Kyle. You wanted to talk about it last podcast. We didn't get there. Um... Hector Neris versus Dellen Batances rest of the season. Me and Shane are probably the two highest people on Dellen Batances of anybody that I talk to as far as fantasy baseball goes. Um, but you're trying to tell us that Neris is just as good, and I don't know if you're saying that tongue in cheek or if you actually believe it. So I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make you make it public tonight how you really feel. Does that mean I gotta go first? That does mean you have to go first. <laughs> say Hector Neres is fun to watch the dude can strike people out and I love him I picked him up in our 16 team league with no plans to drop him until he completely blows up um, with that being said there's always potential for someone like him to completely blow up because I think he's new people haven't seen him enough um, eventually, I think he, he evens out a little bit. Um, dude, Dylan Patances is arguably the best reliever in baseball. Um, and so when I say those things, I just try to get under your skin. But I do like Hector Neris a lot. I'm not going to say I don't. Uh, I think he's going to be a very serviceable relief pitcher in leagues that have holds. And if you want someone that's going to get a lot of strikeouts, you know, go out and add him because 
you know, they're going to let him pitch, and I think he's eventually going to be the closer um, for the Phillies. But if you're making me pick between the two, it's, it's Del Matances, and it's really not that close. I think that, all things aside, Matances is the best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> um, that's how I feel about it. Um, it's actually funny. I actually went to pick up Naris on the same day that you did in our league. Uh, frustrated that I missed out on that one. I uh, didn't pull the trigger on him as I was looking for some relief help. Um, so kudos to you for going and nabbing a guy like that. Obviously off to a great start. Uh, 28 strikeouts already this year in 21 innings. Pretty impressive. Um, I just think Batances is, for what he does, is the best pitcher. Definitely best relief pitcher in baseball for me. Well, the the one thing I want to say, Kyle, I know you beat me on like all the trades that we do together, but... Um... Batances, you dropped him, and I got him from you, and I've haven't let go of him since. So I just want to say I have that one over you. But yeah, it's Batances, and it's not that close for me either. So twenty-seven strikeouts in fourteen innings this year for yeah. Batances. I mean, the guy's incredible. It's kind of frustrating that you have a guy that this good and hasn't really been given a chance to close ball games out. Um, hard to believe. Um, now kind of turning into a seventh inning guy. <laughs> in that Yankees bullpen, which is really frustrating because um, I, I think he's the best out of the three that they have. And just isn't saying that Miller and Chapman aren't very good because they are, but uh, it's got to be frustrating for him, I would think, that you, you would think he would want that, that ninth inning role at somewhere. Yeah, he comes in the league and he's setting up for Mariano Rivera and then everyone assumes he's going to be the closer and they go out and give Andrew Miller a big deal and then they trade for Chapman and now he's a seventh inning guy, but... The one thing I like about that for him is now maybe he turns into a two-inning guy again like he was when he was setting up for Rivera. So, you know, maybe we see an inning and a third more rather than just an inning when he was the eighth-inning guy for Miller. Um, I just I like him a lot. And uh, it's funny because in our league, in our 16-team league, it's definitely important to own middle relievers because... First of all, it's hard to add quality starting pitching, so the middle relievers can help you out in the area and whip and throw in a couple strikeouts. But it's also a holds league for us, and it's just funny because I get I get really mad when he actually gives up a hit or or a run or like he he got taken deep twice last week I think, and I was actually like pissed off about it because it happens so rare. I just feel unlucky when he gives up like I I don't ever expect him to even allow a base runner, so it's it's just funny that I can get that frustrated about. A pitcher that good what I know we've talked about this um, it might be too late in his career now I don't know is there any chance of Batonsis moving into the rotation at any point um, I, I, I'd kind of like to see what he can do um, with a starting starting job something the Yankees sorely need um, they need starting pitching um, with the bullpen that they have now with Miller and Chapman at the back end is that a thought process you think that maybe we see play out well he was a starting pitching he was a starting pitcher coming up through the minors. Um, I don't think it'll obviously happen mid-season because they'd have to send him down to the minors to stretch him out, and he's just too important to the team. But I think at some point here in spring training, they're going to have to talk about it. It's one thing the Reds always talked about with Chapman, and it just never happened. I don't know what his preference is. He hasn't come out and said um, if he prefers to throw out of the pen or if he'd, he'd want to start. You know, sometimes you hear these closers say they wish they could start. I know Trevor Rosenthal felt that way um, about two years ago with the Cardinals, and they just kept him in his closer role because he's too good. 
Um, but yeah, like you said, the Yankees need some starting pitching arms, and it's. It, it, I wish they would consider it, just because I'd like to see it yeah. more than anything. Yeah, um, I would say I don't see it happening. He's just too good. Uh, if they need to go and get starting pitching help, I would see him moving one of these um, bullpen arms in a deal before trying to stretch him out. I think it's safer to trade a guy like him and get someone who you know is stretched out and pitching well um, instead of trying to play the lotto. All right. Um, no prospect comps tonight for us. Going to scratch that uh, portion of the podcast. We're around an hour now, and we've gotten to a point now where we've talked about a lot of the prospects that have either come up or are on the verge of coming up. Um, we may start dabbling with some rookies that started the year on big clubs and uh, that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. But um, for this week's podcast, we're not going to talk about any prospect comps. So as long as you guys don't have anything to add, we're going to wrap this thing up. Nah, it was a good show. Good to be talking baseball as always. Hey, I'd love to see Syndergaard hit another bomb tonight. That would be awesome. Um, I know Shane wouldn't appreciate that as the Maeda owner. And like every league he's in, so <laughs> um, I think he will probably get another at bat, though. So definitely on Noah Syndergaard, third home run watch of the night here on uh, Wednesday, May 11th. So wrapping up the Red Triangle Sports Podcast, uh, find us on Twitter at Red Triangle 23. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Rate review. Give us a five star rating. Let us know how we're doing. Um, we definitely appreciate that as we continue to get more listens from you guys. Um, so for Shane Stein and Kyle Stramara, I'm Matt Kozlowski. Have a good night, everyone.